is a very good move, and all of us in the room commended the police. That is a very proactive way. They have or a very proactive strategy they have introduced into your operations. <laughs> that you don't wait for people to come to you before you start acting. That would be reactive. So even before we came, they had run everything, and they show us videos, and they gave us updates of everything. So all of us in the room commended the police for this act. So from what Mustafa is saying, then I should rather also go back, because he mentioned that His Excellency, the former president, made those comments six months ago. For purposes of education, criminal offense is not statute bar. At any point in time, it can be resurrected. With evidence, we can put you before the law court for prosecution. So the fact that the former president made those comments six months ago, it is not an immunity that because six months had elapsed, you cannot go back and resurrect the matter. No. It is false. So yes, even if he made those comments even years back, and if we are of the view that it is contrary to the Criminal Offences Act, the police can go into it. But they have the discretion as to whether to proceed and put the person before the law. Okay, so, so from what you said, because of time, from what you say, you're expecting a formal response to your petition about Jomama. Oh, exactly. I mean, the police okay. said that you were going to respond formally to us. Okay, uh, Musafa, yeah. if you want to clarify that for me, uh, the, the positions you expressed, is that a position the party uh, adopts having sat to the meeting and reflects? In the, in the, coming, in the coming hours, um, I think the party will make its official position on this matter uh, known. Among that, among other issues, has to do with various uh, complaints, uh, criminal issues before the police, electoral issues such as the uh, the Chiman South issue, uh, the Ejura matter, and then the Okaikwe, for which uh, the police, in that meeting, sought to give reasons why uh, they haven't been able to go into prosecution of those issues. And that stands very unsatisfactory to the party and most of us. And so I believe that um, uh, soon that will come out. But let me let me speak and say that Nanabi have failed to answer the question except to try and give legal education. I have not said that the IGP didn't do well. Before I started my interview, I said it's commendable. But that is short of the lay-down mechanisms um, in how crimes should be dealt with, particularly when a complaint is made. Someone ought to be invited. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, Musafa, thank you very much. And Abi, thank you very much also. I mean, in, in, the, in the wake of the pronouncements uh, by uh, Brian Champon, uh, it was widely condemned. Uh, Dr. Ishmael Norman, uh, security analyst, uh, was one who raised questions about that approach. Um, so now that he's had what the IGP plans to do about this, having analyzed this uh, using his legal team, I wonder what he makes having had the two parties were in the meeting with the IGP. Uh, Dr. Norman, thanks for your time. Welcome, everyone. Doc, you had the uh, the two reps of the NDC and MPP, and, and you've seen the, uh, I guess, the IGP's uh, statement from the police. What do you make of the approach the, the police has adopted in dealing with the with this subject? 
Wonderful. I I think it's uh, a greetings to Nana Boachi and Mr. Bandi. I think it's a wonderful thing that uh, the IGP has come forward with because he was beginning to take the law into his own hands and now there's a bit of due process to the whole exercise of evaluating whether a crime has been committed or not rather than rushing to commit uh, arrest people. So he needs to apologize to all the people they rushed to arrest them in the past. Going forward, however, the makeup of the tax force cannot be just police officers, cannot be just those he listens to. They has to bring in, it has to, it has to open it wide. Otherwise, at some point, it will become adulterated and bastardized. So uh, it's a good thing, but we know how systems in Ghana get inf uh, infiltrated, and before you know it, it doesn't work anymore uh, for its intended purpose. I believe that just as the IGP is going to apply almost like a, 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 a double-prone uh, approach to assessing whether a crime has been committed by mere speech, not conduct, he has to extend that also to the churches when they make prophecies because that thing he started doing is totally unconstitutional and he has to stop it. So I am happy about this development and I'm happy that he's been listening to some of the conversations that we've been making and, and criticizing him. So it's a good thing. So um, I think they should let um, Mr. Bandi and Mr. Boachi should allow sleeping dogs to lie because I think we are in a new dispensation, a new paradigm in terms of approaching and assessing political speeches. So I think everybody should chill and let's move forward with this new found approach of more objective way of assessing whether harm has been committed against the sense and sensibilities of the Ghanaian people. Dr. Aichima Norman, thank you very much. And if you've heard the IGP's uh, approach to dealing with the issues, you've heard the two political parties on this. Where do you stand on this approach? 055 Still ahead. Who bears the responsibility for the PBC troubles tonight? The former and current management of the produce buying company clash over who is to blame for the company's woes. The losses didn't start in 2020 or 2021. The losses of PBC started way back in 2013. We left it in a very solid state and they have come to mess it up and it is better and prudent that they own up and then let Cocoa Board we have details and also finance ministry's joint technical committee with bondholders set to begin work on the possibility of having investors swap mature principles into treasury bills anytime government is unable to meet its payment obligations with the principals we tabled a recommendation that is more skewed around swapping that for treasury bills as and when they fall due and government hasn't got liquidity enough to pay it off we have business, we also have sports, and we'll also hear all about how Joy FM's drive time host Lexis Bill talked a suicidal man out of his plan to end it all on live radio. I don't know what pushed me to just turn on my radio to listen to Joy FM. Uh, I've been, I've been plan of, you know, committing suicide. I'm going through a lot. We're here from the host of the drive time, Lexis Bill, who literally stopped his show to attend to the distressed man. We also have Champions League action much later. All the details after this break. I wake up in the morning, it's a new day.
And I got bills that I have to pay Now you're running late, running out of time Feels like the world is waiting in line All you gotta do is pick up the phone And just dial So whatever you do I don't need to write or cash a check. I don't need data or internet. I have something that's faster than a jet. Just like mm-hmm. 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 You could have been a palm wine tapper, a teacher, a rapper, a schoolboy, a school girl, or a trader, a bank MD, a chairman, or a baker. Guaranteed Trust Bank. Wouldn't you rather bank with us? product from Casa Preco. This advert is FDA approved. Thanks for staying with us here on Newsnight. In our very first story for tonight, there's brewing tension between the former and current management of the embattled produce buying company, PBC, over who bears responsibility for the company's woes. The once thriving business is now on the verge of collapse after losing almost all of its market shares. Well, according to its audited report cited for 2020, the company lost 1.9 billion CDs within a period of four years alone. But both incumbent and SWAL administration say they cannot be blamed for the company's downturn. We'll get to hear uh, from both sides soon on this, but first, here are excerpts of Joy News' latest hotline documentary, PBC Troubles. In August 2022, a circular copied all staff indicated that payment of salaries were delayed due to the current financial challenges facing the company. When we spoke to the staff who pleaded anonymity in November 2022, he told Joy News their salaries delayed for three months last year. It was not only difficult for many to fend for themselves, but their families as well. Staff salary, they were owing us three months, but currently they've paid the three months. But as we speak, we don't know when our next salary payment is coming and we have no idea. He said it was now difficult for staff to access welfare loans from the company, which wasn't the norm in recent past. Okay, the welfare fund is a revolving fund. So they wrote to us that there are no funds available. So nobody should apply for welfare loan. So dire is the financial situation that PBC suspended the intake of national service personnel for the 2022-2023 year. 
In a circular cited by John News, the human resource manager, William AUC, cited the current financial challenges of the company as the reason. In January 2022, PBC wrote to the Ministry of Employment about its intention to restructure the company, including downsizing its staff. It cited the prevailing financial and operational downturn, making it difficult to pay staff and meet its obligations to stakeholders. It said the staff who will be affected by the downsizing are those without establishment. Our sources suggest that when CocoBot secured the Cocoa Syndicator loan last year, it loaned PBC with an estimated 350 million Ghana cities. Management used 50 million cities to cover staff remuneration and other administrative expenses. The national projection PBC set for itself for the 2022-2023 main crop season was to purchase 170,000 tons of cocoa. But with the limited funds in PBC's account, this target remains a pipe dream and leaves staff in another boat of uncertainty on what fate hangs on the survival of PBC and possible payment of their remuneration. Johnny's visited three regions to engage with staff and the purchasing clerks of PBC. A depot manager who pleaded anonymity over fears of victimization expressed concern over the dip in PBC market shares. He said this had impacted the operations in the regions, citing their inability to purchase cocoa for the main crop season in 2021. According to him, the late release of funds last year to buy cocoa in week 5 of the cocoa season meant competitors had already made significant purchases. It is true. Anyone challenging this fact is being dishonest. When the 2021-2022 cocoa season commenced, I recall we bought cocoa during February, and that was the last time the head office released money for us to purchase cocoa. We have been given money by Cocoa Board, but the cocoa is finished. Our competitors have bought a chunk of it. They were compelled to use their shared and weighing skills to buy cocoa for competitors in order to maintain their customer base. We were struggling financially. We managed to stay afloat from alternative businesses. Since money wasn't being released, we decided to purchase cocoa from Fudo and Asitsnapa. We conducted business with licensed buying companies that had money to give us. We didn't want to lose our customer base. Well, so these are excerpts of um, PBC troubles put together uh, by our investigative team. However, the deputy CEO of the PBC, Vivian Bwedi, says the company is drowning in debt as a result of excess borrowing, making it difficult to assess loans from the bank. She insists the current woes of the company precedes the current administration. Well, listeners, yes, um, we could say um, PBC is on the verge of collapse, if nothing is done about it. PBC at the point had over 1,000 and um, almost 1,200 staff working on only PBC alone on our payroll. Currently, we are at around 748. And we even realize that even if we go further, we'll be able to still run this business and be able to. So it's all about management thinking at any given point in time. I don't know what they were thinking then in 2021. And that is when we decided to look at our costs 
again and then try to pull down um, a lot of the cost centers had to go because we realized that we we're spending on things that were not that were not um, um, the core operations of PVC. So we stopped a lot of that as well. So we pulled the bricks of a lot of um, expenses. And that is how, come I said, we made a mega profit of 1.5 million. So we're at the, we were turning the company around um, at that point. If you check from 2021, we, we paid staff salary the whole 12 months. We didn't have any problem with cash flow. Um, in 2022, we had issues. Even at that time, the company was even able to go to um, CBG to borrow some money to be able to do the pre-seasonal purchases before the cocoa board heat fund came. So we realized that the company, yes, there were things that were going right for us. The losses didn't start in 2020 or 2021. The losses of PBC started way back in 2013. Mm. And that is where I would want everybody to know that it's not um, as it's being portrayed that the current management is mm. the cause of the company's downward trend of the market share. Well, um, so you heard uh, the deputy CEO uh, for the produce buying company, Evans. That's bringing the former chief executive officer of the PBC, Nana Ejenim Boating. Well, we started this conversation on the midday news. And uh, Ms. Ejenim Boating, Nana, we're grateful uh, for your time once again here on Newsnight. So you mentioned earlier that you left the company in a solid state. We've heard the PBC say their wills did not start just in 2020 or 2021, 2013, which is under your period. How is it that a solid state that you left We'll be seeing this kind of downward trend. Uh, good evening again, and MFI and your cherished viewers and listeners. As I retreated in the 12 o'clock news, personally, I don't have any issue with anybody. It was an issue where somebody was reporting of a 2016 issue of 30.8, which he warned a night in a single decade. I wouldn't have come in if she had not referred us to the 2013. And during the afternoon uh, discourse, I did mention it to you that it is not true. And I shared something with your guys that I don't know if they've, they've gotten it to you. In 2013-14, CPC purchased 294,261 tons, which is 32% market share. In 2014-15, we purchased 230,990, which is 31%. In 2015-16, we purchased 240,297 tons, which is 31%. In 2016-17, we purchased 271,000 tons, which is 29. When I was leaving, Ketesi, the president, and Adudan to transfer me to CPC in September 2017. We had already discussed with the banks and virtually done all the guarantees for them. So in the 2017-18, they got 23%. When they were on their own to move into 2018-19, it came to 17%, and that is what has come down now to 8%. What is my junior sister saying? The core business of the LBC is that you are an agent of Cocoa Board. So all those cost centers of staff costs, office costs, utility, primary evacuation, all those are part of your bias margin. So if she says she made a profit of 1.5 million, does it, you heard her say that she's cut some costs. You can check from anybody. Mm-hmm. This management has stopped sending money to them even to pay utilities, office costs, and even primary evacuation. So if granted without admitting that even if primary evacuation is five cities a bag, and 16 bags make a ton, 
and even that you bought 52,000 tons. That alone is 4.2 million. So if you are making 5, 5, 1.5, is Vivian telling me that as a prudent accountant that she is, is it doing a degree of cover hole? You know, the, as I told you in the afternoon, we left a, a handing over notes to her predecessor. Unfortunately, she was not there. She's the third FMA. She was the deputy audit manager and in 2021 promoted. The handing over notes was 289 million CDs as the debt. And that one was for 42.5 million investment in Golden B. 38 million in Bupe. 10 million in the office where they are living now. Since we left in 2016, you heard that the gentleman said that they've not even increased 1% salary. The curtains and every furniture in that place, they've not even changed anything. But, but we had Vivian also mention that um, in 2020, 2021, they had um, cash flow, no issues. They were able to pay workers and do all that they needed to do. But I would want to find out, you know, um, it's not everyone that listened to you on the midday news. You mentioned that you left the company in a solid state. I would want to find out really for you, what is your understanding of this particular issue that the PBC is facing, knowing that you served in various capacities in the company? Yes, I was the deputy managing director of operations and then the acting chief executive until I left in 2017. And as I'm saying, that investment that we did, it was that in four years, it will make returns on their own. And as she said, we had a staff strength of terminal 1,178. And even though the Golden Bean and Bupe staff were on, we were still paying them from this our margins. And then when we, we commissioned them, we said in four years, they will be on their own. Yesterday, he alluded to saying that Golden Bean is making profit. So then now, the question that comes up is that, if 2014 invest for 42.5 million plus interest and you are paying, and now today you yourself allude that is making profit, where then is your return that is making you make the losses? So that is what I'm saying, we left it in a good position. Okay. Again, come to Bupe. If you have an industry where you do 200 tons a day, so granted, admitting that even if it's 80%, it's 160 tons. 160 tons by 330 days is 52,800. When you do the share extraction, it is 25,344. At $1,400, my sister, it is $390 million CDs. You see, this business, if you divide it by the margin of 789, it's equivalent to 404,000 tons business which is for only 200 workers don't you think there's a prudent institution that you have to put your money in and this is where they themselves in 2019 golden bean and bupe brought their money to pay the may and june salaries at pbc okay so if it's not a prudent inve investment how could one put it in and this is where as i'm saying that it was in a solid state okay so now the 289 if it's now 700 million as is alluded mm -hmm. where is the difference of that shortages that have added on because can they point any one investment and say that we also put this money into this and this is what has brought us into this activity well let me bring, thankfully nana uh, we have uh, vivian Bwedi on the line as well i know that this is an issue that we are delving into extensively yeah we need to PM clarify yes. much later but let me bring in uh, vivian uh, vivian thank you so much uh, for joining us earlier in your discussions on the super morning show you were saying that this current administration cannot be blamed for the situation as we see it but we've been hearing from the former administration the former ceo and an agent on the former on the other line and for him uh, you cannot say that 
that um, the former administration should be blamed for everything and uh, that's the PBCC now. In fact, they left it in a solid state. You still agree or you will still stand by the fact that this current administration cannot be blamed when you only left a debt of 289 million. Now we are seeing 700 million. Good evening to, to your listeners. Um, I believe um, Nana, as indicated, is a senior brother, and I don't want to have those um, arguments with Nana. But um, as Nana would say, um, yes, he left $289 million. I'm not disputing it because I don't have the facts in front of me. I don't have his handing over note. However, in my speech, I said I took over $715 million loss, debt, 495 to banks, 46 million to Cocoa Board, 126 to note holders, the rest to staff and statutory deduction. So I'm not saying I took over from Nana 200. I never said I took over from him. And as he has alluded this evening, he didn't hand over to me. But when I was taking mm-hmm. over, the debt for PBC was 715. So when you say the and current administration cannot be blamed for the downward trend of yes, the PBC, which the, administration the then are you blaming this on? Myself and the former CEO, that's the late Honorable Okekwedia, um, we took over, and he came in 2020, and I took over from 2021. Before then, there were other CEOs and other directors of finance. But as at the time we were taking over, the debt from PBC was $750 million. And uh, please, I'd like to, I don't want us to um, go, I know you have very discerning listeners, please, you can go on PBC's uh, website all the financials from the inception of the company to date is there. You can check the current liabilities, the total liabilities from the um, from the uh, period of um, incorporation to, to date. And that will pretty much inform um, us as to where where we are going. I rely based on figures and facts that I have and per what I have and per what my handing over note states, I had 750 million. And yes. that is what we inherited. And I genuinely want to make it clear um, that he only from- came... Vivian, he only came in because you traced some of the issues to 2013. Can you hear me, Vivian? Hello? Can you hear me, Vivian? Yes, I can hear you. I was saying that Nane Janim came in because you traced some of the concerns or the issues with the company yeah, to so 2013. To mm-hmm. So, in 2013, I never said the market share started dropping in 2013. I said we started making losses and that is also verifiable per our account. Now, Accumulation of losses. Definitely, the banks and other financial institutions that would lend to you would would not look at you the same way when you were making eight million loss as against when you were making one hundred and seventy two million loss. So that is the point I'm driving at. So the the conditions are different, and that there are different periods and there are different conditions we are talking about. In one condition, we have the solid support of the financial market. We, PBC had its own note program. It was running. Mm-hmm. Cocoa Board seed fund was available. We had banks. We have overdraft and the, and the rest. Okay. So yes, we could make that on it. However, accumulation of losses has led us to the point where now none of the banks is willing to lend to us. And that is where I want us to look at. So okay. I'm not putting the blame on uh, former management or what I'm saying is that if you... But this current administration also also would take its share in terms of the losses ex- that the company yes. is making. Is that the case? Can I please, can you please come again? I'm asking that you would not also absolve this current administration of, of blame when it comes to the fortunes of PBC. No, you can definitely, once you are managing and you are not able to buy, and as he alluded, mm-hmm. PBC runs on margins. 
So the more you buy, the more margins you get. And how do you buy? You need funds to buy. So if we have the seed fund, if we have the bankers giving us funding at a reasonable rate, if we had other sources of finance, which was available some time ago, to be able to run this company, definitely we wouldn't expect um, the company to be in loss. That is why I said in 2020, 2021, when we were able to buy 107,000 metric tons, that time we were able to pay our staff salaries to the end of the year. But when we bought the 52,000 metric tons, which we did last year, because that was the amount of money available to us. And for the record, every money that Cocoa Board has given to us, we've been able to supply the beans to that tune. So it's the margin that is insufficient to run the company. So nobody is playing. That's what, if I last, um, yesterday I said, from some strategic decisions that we made to date has brought TBC to where we are now. Okay. Well, Vivian, we'll leave it here because I know that this evening would we'll, we'll delve deeper into this particular issue on PM Express. But Nana, just a briefly, very briefly before I let you off because we'll talk more on PM Express this evening. Uh, it appears that you can't also say that um, your, your administration uh, cannot take a bit of the blame when it comes to the fortunes of PBC. Can you? No, I mean, you know that now, what she mentioned to Kwejo and what she said this morning is different with what she's saying this evening. She said that 2013 is when we started making the losses. And like you are saying, that we'll delve deep in at 9 p.m. I'll walk you down the journey of how this business operates. And then you, you, you factor in a certain percentage because you cannot make losses. And then how do you make, recover your losses? And this two is a nine million which would delve deep, is something that we had the understanding with the bank that we are taking this money for this investment and this is how we want to let it work. Well, they agreed. So Car Bank was 100 million, Echo Bank was 80 million, Barclays was 70 million, um, um, Society General was 45, and that is the money. So, okay. Well, Nana, don't give it all away. Um, I'm all roads lead to PM Express at 9 p.m. on the Joy News channel, also on all our social media platforms. PBC Troubles is on the front banner on PM Express tonight with Evans Mensa. You don't want to miss it. Yes, so live here on Newsnight is on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, the Finance Ministry's Joint Technical Committee with bondholders is now set to begin work, but uh, some individual bondholder groups say they will not participate because they are unhappy that the Finance Ministry and government in general has failed uh, despite many attempts to remind government to pay up coupons and interest have failed to pay up and has also failed to communicate a proper schedule to pay up. And so they say they will not participate. However, one of the groups, the Individual Bondholders Forum, say they will participate and are making proposals, including uh, swapping matured principles with treasury bills anytime government is unable to meet its repayment commitments. Now, the bondholders have in the last few weeks uh, been demanding repayment of matured bonds uh, with the Pension Bondholders Forum serving notice of picketing at the Finance Ministry from the 28th April. A convener of the Individual Bondholders Forum, Senor Jose, says a committee will begin its work. This one actually comes up with solutions on a mechanism to address the payment the outstanding of, outst the not payment. just outstanding, I mean, government's challenge is simple. We have liquidity crisis. And that's what they're working with, trying to work around the pension funds thing to minimize the liquidity benefit. We want to pay you. They restated their commitment to their obligation, to but uh, to pay. And we must all remember, we are not the only people who are owing government right now who are not being paid. The Eurobond 
commercial international bundle that's also not being paid. And then for them, there's even no clarity at all. That uncertainty doesn't work for anybody. Our mandate is to create certainty for our members. So we agreed that we'll be in that meeting. We'll be in our technical committee and come up with a structure. Recommendations were requested, a payment structure, a payment structure that works for everybody. And um, we want, I would want us to look at it more thoroughly. And that's the thinking of everybody, that we come up with a, a systemic strategy that almost cures the problem across the, the profile of all the debts. So I'm not, we are not looking at just solving the problem with what's outstanding today. We're also looking at what's likely going to also face challenges going forward. We are going to be facing liquidity challenges as a country for quite a while. That period, we can't fully put a nail on, but there should be a structure to deal with crisis as far as liquidity is concerned when bills are due. Our foremost what the name, uh, recommendation is that government must immediately be paying, must be paying the coupons cash because that's not the bigger part of the burden. Mm. The big part of the, the burden is really the maturity, I mean, the, the principles. With the principles, we tabled a recommendation that is more skewed around swapping that for treasury bills as and when they fall due. Well, the Pensioner Bondholders Forum say they are not interested in this arrangement. This is uh, Dr. Edwana Nienchi. He is the convener for that group. Okay. I have exempted people uh, structuring away uh, with, 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 with the government. But for those of us who were issuer exempted, we are not interested in that. And we are not part of the committee. We are not part of any arrangement whatsoever. We are ensuring that we are going to ensure that we get paid when it is due. And you, you can leave that to us. Uh, we fought for this for the issuer exemption, not for nothing. Uh, there, there's, there's no We are two groups. So they can do the issuer exemption. It's, it's a better option. And we would uh, demand that the government pays us as and when it is due. And we have all the means to do well, let's speak to a convener of the Individual Bondholders Association of Ghana, Yawusu Brefo, joins us on the telephone line right now. Hello, Yaw. Thanks for your time. You're on Newsnight. Hi, Evans. Uh, let me make a correction. I'm one of the conveners of the Individual Bondholders Forum. Yaw, thank you very much. So, tell me, you are part of the conversations that the committee is holding? Yes. And as it stands right now, the proposal that I've had uh, Senior Jess articulate, which is that what you have is one that will convert some of the bonds as a mature to treasury bills. How would that work? Uh, it's not an entirely bad idea. It works, but it depends on the government's liquidity position. There's a limit to how much treasury bills the government can issue in a year. And so the government will need to come out to clearly open up and let's see what is workable. We understand the liquidity challenges, but if the government can promise transparency that it can settle some of the bonds with, uh, let's say, 91 bills, 182-day bills, and then maybe complete it in a year, it will still be workable to a lot of our members. But we need transparency. We need certainty. We can't just accept that the government will issue treasury bills to pay them, and then when they are due, it becomes another problem, and another technical committee will be required to settle that. We, we won't accept that one. 
And when when next is the committee uh, due to sit? And I wonder what the government's take is on this proposal that has, has been made. Tomorrow, the committee starts this meeting tomorrow. So uh, uh, tomorrow, we will interrogate this matter critically and see what legal regime will, will moderate this new arrangement that the government is bringing because treasury bills and bonds are not moderated by the same uh, regime. So we want to understand if a bond is matured, it's supposed to be settled. And so if the government is trying to issue a new bill, we have to understand the terms. It's not just paper money that you're giving us. We have to be convinced that if any bill is issued in 91 days or 182 days, the bondholder or the previous bondholder can now get his money cashed out when the deal matures. So tomorrow at the meeting, we will interrogate this thing further, and at the end of the day, we should have some clarity on what government wants to do with that proposal. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, that conversation continues uh, tomorrow. We'll see what the government position is on that proposal on the table. It's time for business. Mm -hmm. And Beverly is here with the latest. Hello, Bev. Hi, Evans. <laughs> Coming up in business, the LPG Marketers Association is warning that prices of LPG will witness a further hike if government refuses to take a second look at the taxes on the commodity. Business News on News Night is brought to you by MT and business welcome to the new world of business kingdom books and stationery and alliance life i am beverly bro we'll take a look at the details now and the liquefied petroleum gas marketers association has renewed calls for some taxes on the commodity to be removed lpg prices witnessed a jump by eight percent in the second pricing window there are currently about 13 different taxes and levies on the commodity now speaking to joy business the vice president of the association Gabriel Kumi said government's posture of not reducing taxes on LPG could discourage its usage, derailing the gains made to stop the use of charcoal. We will not stop calling on government to remove taxes on LPG because it doesn't really, really, really make sense that the product you want to see its consumption go up, you put taxes on it. Why are Cote d'Ivoire and other uh, West Africa countries even, even subsidizing the product? But we have put taxes. We, we believe that taxes are the first step government must take to ensure that the price of LPG comes down. And one will say how much the price is if, 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 if the taxes are removed and, and, and crude oil still goes up, we will still have the same effect. I'll say no. Any persuasion that you put on the price of LPG goes a long way to increase its, to decrease its consumption. And once the taxes are addition to the cost price of LPG, you can see that the, tax are, the taxes are having negative effects on consumption. So no matter how high crude oil price goes, once the taxes of the product are, on the product are taken off, we are likely to make some gains in terms of consumption. You heard the Vice President of the LPG Marketers Association, Gabriel Kumi. Now, the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry is casting doubts over government's ability to rake in the 4 billion Ghana City revenue targets from the three new tax laws, the Excise Duty Amendment Bill, the Growth and Sustainability Bill, and the Income Tax Amendment Bill were recently passed by Parliament as part of its domestic revenue mobilization efforts in response to an austerity agreement with the IMF, but the CEO of the chamber, Mark Bedouabwaji, said the tax will rather make businesses unprofitable. We are law-abiding citizens, and once it's a law, uh, we encourage our members just to abide by uh, the taxes. But if you are not making profit, there is nothing that you can do. 
I also have a challenge whether we'll be able to meet this uh, four billion that they are, they are looking for when the first quarter is gone. Secondly, the businesses that are going to pay these taxes, they are not making their profit. So what profit are, are you going to tax? Clearly, they are collapsing. And the businesses that are also going to employ people for them to even to pay uh, the, uh, the pay, pay, uh, payee are also not doing well to employ people. So the taxes that you are looking for, you may not uh, get it. And the purpose for which you are bringing taxes will be defeated. And that's the end of the business news on Newsline. So brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Kingdom Books and Stationery and Alliance Life. I am Beverly Broom Evans. Over to you. Thank you very much, Bev. And you're still live here on Newsline. Also enjoy 99.7 FM. And I want to uh, hear from you, 055-11-11997. And Evans, earlier today on the drive time on Joy 99.7 FM, um, we start, it started on its usual exciting tone and it talked that engaged listeners on the things that stressed them. But little did the host, Lexis Bill, expect to hear from a suicidal man, a caller who was literally on his way to end it all. They've been talking about how most men are engaged in suicide than women. You know that um, survey that came out. But let's hear what transpired. Hello? Hello? Yes, sir. What's your name? My name is Justice. All right, Justice. You're welcome. Let's hear you. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shut of words and just don't know what to say because uh, I don't know what pushed me to just turn on my radio to listen to Joy FM. Uh, I've been, I've been proud of, you know, committing suicide. I'm going through a lot in my entire program. Okay. And I don't know who to talk to. Right. I don't know who to talk to. But your program has been a very helpful to me this afternoon. Okay. And we are going through emotional torture, I'm telling you. Seriously. I, I, I can yes. hear that in your voice, Justice. Yes. But... Yes. I don't have anybody to talk to. No, now you do actually. Yes, yes. Now, now you do. You have a friend on the radio, so just just calm down for now. I can hear a lot of pain in your voice. Yes. But I yes, think yes. you are probably the reason why we're having this conversation because I as men, I... as men, we have to be there for each other. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And the good thing is, look, we're here for you. Okay. 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 So okay. for for now, I just need you to calm down. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, are you are you at home? Currently, I just I just took my robe, went outside somewhere, and <laughs> you took your robe. Yes. Okay. I was, and I I almost committed suicide this afternoon. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't know what. I just put on my radio and <laughs> in my car and. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you are in your car now? Come again. So you are in your car now? Yes, please. Are you at home, by the way? Not at home. A bit far from my house. Okay. Yes. All right. So you know what we're going to do, bro? I need your help. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay? I need your help. Yeah. Don't worry. We're here for you. Okay? Okay. So what we're going to do is this. I need you to talk to the first person you, you spoke to. That's my producer, right? Okay. And leave your phone number with him, okay? Okay. My team is going to get in touch with you very okay. shortly. Okay. We're going to connect you to somebody who will be there for you. Yeah. Okay. So don't don't end it at all. Okay. 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 
Are you going to promise me that? Yes. Justice? what transpired earlier uh, today on um, drive time rather unfortunate situation and um, Crispy is one of the producers of um, drive time he actually picked the call he's the one that Alexis referred to as his producer that he should speak to the guy after he spoke to him on air and I know there have been some interventions Crispy what's happened after that um, currently they've, they've met with a guy he came over to, to the studio um, Lexus, the gentleman um, I would withhold his name for now and um, a mental health professional they are currently in a meeting um, trying to you know discuss whatever happened okay. and find a, a way forward to okay. this so no. yeah that's what happened right okay thank you very much uh, Crispy there, um, one of the producers of Drive Time and you are live here on Joy 99.7 FM we will do uh, take you to um, a game, a live game in the Champions League uh, pretty uh, shortly. But let's say if you are also suicidal right now, there's help for you. Reach out and get help. And indeed, if you know somebody who is also contemplating or showing signs of it, uh, you must urgently seek help for that person as well. And we're hoping uh, that uh, as intervention has now been rolled out uh, by the team here, um, this individual uh, world pull back yeah. from the brink. Mm. At this point, uh, we hand over to the sports team. Um, that's it uh, for tonight's edition of um, Newsnight. And uh, I am MFA Apau. There's more when you log on to myjoinline.com, Evans. And my name is Evans Mensah. Uh, indeed, log on to myjoinline.com for the latest. We're going to be hearing the, the voice you hear next is that of Gary L. Smith. Gary, who's playing? Um, Chelsea and Real Madrid. Okay. So that will be the champions, the most anticipated of the matches, I guess, today and mm, tomorrow. Mm, it's not most anticipated. It's a dead game. That game is finished. You, you think honestly Chelsea is going to come back from 2-0 down? That is why it's the most anticipated. What? It's not anticipated. <laughs> that game is finished. Really? It's not going to come back from... They beat them 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. They're going to beat Real Madrid 3? <laughs> and, and it's not possible. You want to bet? Champions League nights. It is the nights that anything can happen, oh, my friend. He you said know. it. Like Frank Lampard said it last week that mm. magic can happen. Magic can happen. But if you see his starting lineup, it doesn't look like magic. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Stay with the boys. After this. Ever visited a shop, picked a whole basket of provisions, toiletries, and very essential things you need, battled a long queue to finally pay, only to be told. <laughs> You can't pay to a merchant's number. The way that thing they pay, eh? But with Vodafone Cash, there is no problem. Now, on Vodafone Cash, you can pay all merchants on all networks. Easy peasy. And you straight. And you direct. And you shout. From your Vodafone Cash wallet to any merchant's number on other networks. So, whether you are buying provisions or fuel, medication or food, whatever the service or need, just pay conveniently from Vodafone Cash to any merchant's number. Simply dial star 110 hash to make payment to merchants on other networks today. Vodafone.
From the producers of Run For Your Wife comes another theatrical masterpiece. He came to you to protect me and the child she was going to have. Doesn't matter who made us confess. We killed her. You killed her. In honor of Echo Blankson. When was the last time you saw her? Is it your business how I run my business? A detective called. The most intriguing play of the year stages at the National Theater. Saturday 22nd and Sunday 23rd April with the legendary Fred Amugi, Akofa Ejani, Na Ashoko, Jackie Ankra, Roland Adom, Coleman, Andrew Tando Adote, and a lot more. A detective call. Tickets are selling now for 100 Ghana cities only at Airport Shell, Batona Total, Nalem Stores, and at imageboroughgh.com or dial star 365 star 2020 hash. Supported by Caveman Watches, Ghana Tourism Authority, Neplant Car Rentals, Joy FM, and Daily Guide. It is produced by Image Bureau and April Communications. Powered by Stambik Bank and proudly brought to you by Ebony Condoms. A detective calls. This is not a comedy. Wouldn't you prefer an apartment hotel? One that offers the utmost convenience of a boutique hotel while offering the idyllic comfort of your own private home. Oasis Park Residences offers luxury studios, one, two, and three bedrooms, both for short and long-term rental at competitive rates. Our Sky Swimming Pool Gourmet Outdoor Restaurant and a fully equipped gym rest on a breathtaking rooftop with panoramic views of the city. Oasis Park Residences, located at Shiashi Tetekwashi, 10 minutes from the International Airport, is the ideal place for all your accommodation needs. Why don't you give us a call on 020-4343-009 or visit our website at oasisparkresidences.com to make your reservations. Oasis Park Residences, more than a home. Isn't life wonderful when everything worth doing is scheduled? Hitting the stop button on your alarm just in time for your morning jog. That happy moment listening to your baby's heartbeat at the doctor's office. Or an arranged virtual meeting with that big client. Buy airtime ahead of time with scheduled airtime service on MTN Momo. You can schedule your airtime purchase of any amount daily, weekly or monthly by dialing star 170 hash option 3 and follow the process. Or simply dial star 170 star 311 hash for a superb airtime purchase experience. You enjoy 100% bonus airtime anytime you recharge yourself with MTN Momo. Keep on talking with that 100% feeling. So, what are we doing today? MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764201 764209 or 762792 visit our